Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Mark, this is the haircut edition of this, this podcast. I got my haircut, so, and I'm not cutting it until the Vikings win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. How's your balance? Don't trip over that hair, you know. You might... <laughs> hey, uh... So is this, this is the pandemic officially over now that you finally got a haircut? Is it is, are we over? Is it done? Dr. Fauci was waiting for you to cut your hair to tell people to go back to normal. Well, Fauci's oh. retiring, so maybe it is over. I don't know. So um no, I don't know. I you know, it was uh it was my COVID hair and my wife liked it. So it stayed a little longer and, and uh it'll be back. You know, what can I say? Well, you, you know, you, you look human again, Joe. Human. That's what I was going for. You know, it's always good to look human, I think. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. Enough about my hair and uh, these hair-raising questions we have to ask you are more important. Wow. Yeah, how good. about that for a segue, huh? You, you must be a writer, Joe. <laughs> In my spare time. Um, training camp starts next week, Mark. This is our final, final uh, podcast where we have to scrape and claw and find topics to talk about and try not to repeat ourselves and and uh and head into to training camp where there'll be all kinds of new topics to talk about mark will be out there next week at tco performance uh center to to monitor the vikings and chat with the coaches and and get the load out so until then We'll uh we'll throw uh we'll try to figure out some new things. And I, what I want to want to talk about today is uh the new regime, the coaching staff. I mean that's the biggest change in the off season and heading into it. We are about to see what they are all about. And I know <clears throat> you'll know more about them next week, and we all will when they start doing their new thing. But off the top of your head, Mark, what do you see the new coaching staff bring into this team in this training camp? What what uh what uh, what do you think we're in store for? Well, I mean, as we've seen so far, it's not just the coaching staff. It's it's from you know GM on down. It's it's just this new. Um, there's not going to be a lot of f bombs and yelling and screaming and what? Uh, Zimmer Zimmer getting red in the face. Uh, a new approach in, in that regard, and and you know whether that makes a whole hill of beans. You know that makes me old when I say hill of beans. Um, it, whether it'll matter, who knows, but you'll see a different approach. I think where you're going to see it the most and where people will hope that it translates into wins the most is the relationship between the head coach and the quarterback. Uh, this is the Kirk Cousins, you know, like probably his 50th reboot of his career. It seems like a new, new offensive coordinator every year that he's been here, uh, you know, went through a, coaching change in Washington now has gone through a coaching and GM change here. This is now his latest greatest attempt to like, do we have everything we need to get the most out of Kirk Cousins? Not just statistically. I mean, if you look on the internet statistically that he, he can pull off these numbers where he's ranked with Peyton Manning and Dan Marino uh, when it comes to like numbers, you know, like the passing numbers and stuff like that. But where you know, he's never measured up is in wins and losses and leading a team that needs to be led um, to, to be better than what they are. Uh, so this is his best chance. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be a learning cur curve for uh, O'Connell, but I do think that one good that's going to come out of this is okay. Now you have a guy that's, that's not forcing any kind of meetings or, or talking to Kirk and everything. So, I think that'll help. You know, I don't know if it translates into wins or losses, but that's probably the that is the biggest change. That's the biggest storyline. I think as you look at this, is that relationship and and can they get the most out of Kirk? Well, you know, this week as as if you pay attention to Twitter at all, you've seen a lot of talk and a lot of stories coming out about uh, Zimmer and. Uh, Kirk not getting along and we all know that they didn't meet for have take meetings between each other for the longest time you know uh, while they were coaching head coach and quarterback which was strange um, but uh, and that's 
supposedly going to change. Uh, I think it's all great. I think uh, you want to have your head, your, your quarterback happy and comfortable in all this and make sure that he's communicating with the head coach. I, I really think, you know, if, if, if you can look back and come, you know, give Zimmer grief for anything, you can give him for, for that, not somehow, you know, having a relationship with this head coach, despite the reasonings behind it. I think that was important, but that only takes you to the water's edge. As soon as, you know, all this atmosphere that this Kumbia, the, the, the team bonding, the different ways to feel good about each other and, and a nice workplace, that's all great until you get to training camp and the games and, and when X's and O's really take over. I mean, cause I don't think, you know, the guys on Sunday, are out there thinking about, oh, gosh, I don't like that that coach or the way he does this thing when they're out there performing. <laughs> you can't and do your job. So ultimately, we've got to see uh, – we're going to find out if Kevin O'Connell is a good, you know, a manager of a team and can, can uh, you know, it, put the people in place who can, can draw up a good game plan and, and, and you know, er, then we'll find out if they execute it. Do we know anything about him in this regard? I mean, he was he was second behind Sean McVay for for a few years, and and that's how you get promoted. But you know, to be honest, I don't know if he's if he's uh, great for this position or, or not. What do you think? Well, that's what we're going to find out. You know, and I and I think there's going to be a learning curve. I this uh, competitive um, competitive uh, rebuild or whatever they call it um, is interesting because it's. Um, you know, if I'm a fan, I like that they don't they didn't tear everything down. But, but also, you know, I, I don't see them. You know, like some some people like 16 wins or you know some people want to get attention this time of year, so they'll they'll pick the team that hasn't made the playoffs in the last couple of years. They know that the NFL turns over every year, so they go for like say the Vikings this year would be a hot playoff trendy pet playoff pick because they seem to be the team that would cycle back in because they now have the offensive. Uh, coaches that uh, is kind of is the modern trend. So I don't know that I believe that, but um, you know, he is certainly, I mean, to be around Sean McVay and what Sean McVay, and I've poked fun at Sean McVay over the years because of the, you know, he's the, the, the genius and he's the anti Zimmer and all this stuff. And everyone gravitates to that, but genius with a super right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. I mean, I poke fun, you know, you kind of make fun of them and stuff, but when they prove it, when they do it and they, you know, they, um, especially last year, I mean, hats off. It's, uh, if you come from that tree, that's a great, it's a real good tree to come from, but you're not, you know, Aaron Donald's not coming over and, and Matthew Stafford's not coming over. Cooper cups, not coming over. Um, you know, they did lose a lot of talent there, but you know, it's not just a, a plug in a head coach and he becomes the, 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 yeah. the, the Rams. So, uh, you know, to me, it's, I think he's probably ready for this position. I mean, in today's NFL, uh, he's more than ready because of how the NFL turns over its head coaches and who they're picking for as their next head coaches. It's pretty rapid fire that guys, uh, you know, they don't they don't have to serve a lot of some guys don't have to. I mean, the, the Eric enemies of the world probably have to serve too long, but the Sean McVeighs and the now Kevin O'Connell don't have to. They don't serve as long when it comes to like being a coordinator, some guys even make the jump when they're not coordinators now. So it's kind of a, a fast track. So we'll see. Now going back to the relationship and Zimmer and everything, um, you know, I still communicate with Zimmer occasionally and um, I keep trying to get him to crawl out of his, uh, his shell. And cause everybody wants to hear from Zim. Um, I'm not, I'm not comfortable sharing what, what we've talked about, but I will say that it's different when you're an offensive coach and you're a former quarterback and you're a defensive coach and it's different when you're 65 years old and you're 36 years old I mean he's almost as young as 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 Kirk that's going to be different um where Zimmer uh I think whenever he had Pat Shermer uh to work with Kirk and he had Kevin Stefanski working with Kirk and Gary Kubiak working with him um that you didn't need your head coach to be your you know the, the buddy with the quarterback I don't believe that that, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that, that Zimmer made was last year in promoting um, Gary's son and, and Clint Kubiak, and it just wasn't ready for it. It was a bad time to have a new guy, bad time to have a young guy doing this for the first time, uh, bad time for Zimmer to be paying, having to pay attention to the offense too much and, 
have these meetings with Kirk and take care of his defense. So to me, that was uh, and and two of the two of those three guys got head coaching jobs. So it wasn't like he, he didn't fire Pat Shermer. He got a right. head coaching job. Didn't fire Gary uh, or Kevin Stefanski. He got head coaching job. Became coach of the year. Gary Kubiak got tired of the NFL again yeah. and the COVID and all that stuff and retired. It was no two, no two coaches had a better relationship than than Zim and Gary Kubiak. So you can't say they get fired Gary Kubiak. So um, that's the kind of relationship you have when your head, head coach is a defensive guy, similar to the fact that, you know, Kevin O'Connell is not going to be Eric Kendrick's best friend or, or uh, put it better, better yet, like a, um, as close to a Harrison Smith as probably Zimmer was to Harrison Smith. So that's, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges when you're talking about that. But I do think it'll help Kirk, you know, that, that he's got this now. Also it's, you know, not that Kirk needs excuses because he's guaranteed contracts and all this stuff. But, you know, it's time now. It's, Kirk, you got your guy. You got, you know, let's just not throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and and do and finish third in the passer rating. Let, let's lead a team to some, some big-time wins and, and do that. It's time. Um, you mentioned uh, O'Connell's age. Is he going to run up and down the sidelines with his players like uh, uh, the guy over at the Gophers? Well, I can't think of his name. P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, yeah. I, um I think you got a QR, you know, it's a, I guess uh, PJ, I, you know, cause I, my first thought with PJ was this is Tim Brewster, you know, but uh, he's got more yeah. juice than, than Brewster. And that's kind of who he is. It, it's sort of, it, it's not my cup of tea, but it doesn't look like he's forcing it. So, yeah. So I think you just got to be who you are. And, you know, Zimmer was Zimmer at the end of Zimmer's regime. Zimmer was a very tired, bitter, cranky Zimmer. Yeah. And I think that people and, and players and people have associated his eight years with that kind of crash and burn at the end. That's a great and point. Of, and sort of forget that when yep. he had a healthy defense in its prime and the corners were experienced and they weren't allowed to walk to, you know, in free agency so that you could pay for the quarterback, um, they were number one in defense and they were, they were right there. And um, so – you know, yeah, I agree. Zimmer Zimmer precipitously went downhill as as the time went on, and all we think about now is where he ended up at the bottom of the hill. But you forget about what he did when he first came in here and took the defense that was the worst in the league and made it top ten, top five in, in a in a very short time. And he made this team to build it back into a playoff team for a few years. He didn't do it every year, but. You forget about that because we have such a, a, a recency bias in, in our beliefs. And as, as it right. started going bad and the wheels fell off, well, that's that's what we'll think for forever. And I feel bad for Zimmer in that regard. you got to look at his entire career here before you, you make any final judgments. You said something earlier that I, that I want to go back to real quickly. You said that you're glad that the new guys didn't blow it up. And If um, I was a fan, I said if I was a fan, I, I fan. think – because I'm a fan of the, I'm not a fan of the draft. You know, I don't, I don't live for the draft. So it's like I want to see a team try to win. You know, uh, I still think that Sunday in the NFL, when it's in the season, is what it's about. And especially now, when you get like you got an extra game, you got an extra playoff spot. I'm, I'm a fan of like finishing and it's seventh and and then trying to pull some upsets like the Vikings did in 1987. You know, um, as opposed to like you lose two games, ah, screw it. You know, let's go for the draft, you know, so. Yeah, I, and and that's, you know, I, I will agree. Do you think, I, I, when I look at what they did in this offseason, I kind of agree that competitive rebuild, they they looked at the places that really needed to be uh, retooled and, and refurbished on the defense, and I think they did some, made some really good moves there. They're not, you know, 100 rock solid uh certain moves, but they've made some good moves there and they've kept the offense intact, uh, you know, and, and try to bolster the, the line a little bit. They kept their, their uh, uh, weapons around for Kirk. Um, so I, I think they made the right moves in, in what they did. And, and, you know, even when you think a new coach, okay, we're going to, we're going to stink for a couple of years here while this new coach gets back in. We look back, Zimmer turned things around on defense very quickly. If the if 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 this new regime can do that as well and get this defense back up there and have, you know, give the uh offense some tools to, you know, 
move up a little bit. They, they've got to be considered to be a playoff team. We'll talk about that later in, in a later segment, or what we think they're going to do. But uh, um, I think they did a good job, you know, in, in rebuilding this team for the, for the short run while you got guys like Jefferson and, and Dalvin cook and, and even Kirk uh, who are uh, Irv Smith that, that, that Adam Thielen was uh, on the later end of his career. But I, I think, you know, you can still maybe grab uh, some wins this year with this team. And, and I, I think they made some good moves. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, playoff contender is a different definition now it's with seven teams, but, and we'll get into the predictions later, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there with, um, you know, a handful of teams for that seventh spot. And um, when you made the, when you made the decision on Kirk, when they made the decision on Kirk, I think they showed consistency in everything they did after that. Um, you know, keep, you know, making sure that they, they did the, the, the contract with Daniel and work that out. And then, um, you know, bringing in, uh, uh, the, the corner from, from Green Bay as your slot corner, which was a really good move. You know, it's kind of an, that could be an under the radar move that, you know, they need three corners. And, uh, uh, you know, I think the safety that they drafted for, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with what they got in return for dropping all those spots, but mm-hmm. if that guy can start right away, which I think he's a starting caliber guy. So your number one pick starts right away. Um, that's good. Um, you know, as opposed to like, you know, if this would have been a quarterback year and say so you pick a quarterback and then you're looking at getting nothing out of that for however many years. Uh, so, yeah, every, every move they made after that um, tells you that they want to win. Not, they, they obviously, they're trying to win here. Uh, as a fan, I appreciate I would appreciate that, you know, if I, if I was following the team and paid for season tickets and I want to see them try and win now. Uh, I don't know that they got enough depth to survive all the – a 17 game season with um, are they, are they built Joe to, this is my first one. Are they built, you know, to stay healthy? Can, can they stay healthy, Joe? Have we talked about whether they can stay healthy or not? No, we just did. Well, Mark just said as a fan. So now we know that Mark is a fan of the Vikings. So that's great. I said, just, yeah, if I was a fan, if I was, a fan, if I was. that's how we're going to say yeah. we, we got yeah. it on tape. as a fan, Mark said, okay, no, I'm kidding. We'll, uh, we'll come back with some more uh, questions. I, I want to ask Mark about the, the defense and how soon that he, they think they can turn that thing around and uh, uh, put him, get, get some random questions from Mark, and then we'll have a later segment about how we think they're really going to do this year. So uh, I'm back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Check it out. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory uh, Breakdown Podcast with me and Mark. One of us, Craig, who's now a, one of us, he's finally made it to Clevelander, has, you know, been here. How, how long have you been here? 20 years now? And then now he's finally one of us. He said last segment that, well, he did say if, but uh, we, we're not going to hold him to that. Mark's one of us. Now. Anyway. Just, don't expect me to cheer, ever, ever cheer Miracle at the Met. You know, I, I, Ahmad Rashad is, don't ever make me talk to Ahmad Rashad, okay? One I can't forget days, the guy. One of the greatest days in my Vikings fandom. I, I was in a bar in, in St. Joe, Minnesota, and I had bets on the game of the division for the Vikings. And when that play came up, I jumped up, kicked over my chair, ran to the bar to buy a round for the house because I was so giddy and someone else was doing it. So I said, okay, I'll back away. <laughs> so so he, here you go. Here People always ask, you know, they go, you know, poor, poor Vikings fans, whine, 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 whine. Oh, everything happens to us. I swear, in 22 years living here, 23 years living here, one of the only highlights I ever hear people get them excited about when it comes to the Vikings, because it's all you ever hear is, you know, people, they talk about losing the Super Bowl, all the missed field goals. But the one high, the one memory that everyone just comes out alive on is the miracle at the Met. And who did it happen against, Joe? So the Cleveland Browns. That's that's, right. as, as bad as things are, you know, for Minnesota, or as, as Biggest scar tissue as there is for uh, Vikings fans, it, you know, quadruple it for the for Browns fans. At least Browns fans who are younger than sixty years old. 
That's what I was gonna say. You must have some old or friends. seventy. There is there is the miracle or the the Minneapolis miracle that uh, people talk about quite a bit. Too. Yeah, but I, as I was saying on a radio show, like uh, in Philadelphia or something, the week after I said they were like, "Well, this where will this stand in the history of of and Minnesota sports?" And I said, "I said, well, I said people will always remember it, but I said it if they don't follow it up with a win in Philadelphia, or was that the?" Yeah. yeah, it was in Philadelphia. I said, to me, I associate it with, like, not getting that next step and playing at home. Yeah. And sure enough, because if you lose that game, then then the thing that beats you follows you home and plays in your stadium for the Super Bowl. And that, I guess maybe my memory, you know, like, uh, it, I expand the memory too far to, to include all that other stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh uh, yeah, that one takes lost some luster for me when they got, went and got killed in Philadelphia. That, that was uh, painful because I, I was at a, I got a press pass to the Super Bowl in 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 the stadium here and sitting down the way from from Judd Zolgad from uh, Score North and he said to me, "You going down in the locker room?" and I, and I said, "No, I just can't go down there and watch somebody somebody celebrate in the Vikings locker room," you know so. I had to. I, I went out into the frozen cold of the north and walked several miles to my car. So it was. Uh, it's a difficult, painful memory. But there, uh, you know, they, we should do an all. We should do a scar tissue uh, version of this next off season. Just you know, compare Cleveland versus. Oh my God, Joe, Give me some time. I'll. I'll you, you'll get beat. I mean, I'll be like, uh, you know, I got when it comes to like scar tissue for Cleveland Clevelanders. I have like live live golf money that I could spend on that. So uh, you'll just be like PGA tour money on that one. Oh my God. What are we doing? Talking about scar tissue on the eve of training camp. We must stop. Okay, Mark, back to the, the agenda here. Uh, you know, we, the Vikings do have a new regime. They do have a new offensive staff, a new defensive staff, very few holdovers. So, you know, they've got to make some adjustments. Um, do you see, do you anticipate, a lot of changes on offense and, and uh, what they're going to do, what we're going to see. Do you, do you see, uh, um, you know, there's uh, Kevin O'Connell said he's not necessarily going to shy away from using his, his star running back. And on the other hand, you got Justin Jefferson said, this is no longer a run first offense, you know? So, so what, what do you expect to see there, even though you don't know until we will see it? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, that, Everything has to be black and white for people. Are, are they going to throw it a hundred times and run it none, or are they going to run it a hundred times and throw it none? Um, these guys will feed off of each other, and if you know, I don't, I don't know what the specifics of what Justin Jefferson said about this is no longer whatever, blah blah blah. But I would think Justin Jefferson would uh, obviously he appreciates the fact that <laughs> that uh, attention being paid to Dalvin Cook, uh, proper attention to Dalvin Cook is a good thing for Justin Jefferson yeah. because without, uh, without Dalvin cook, the threat of Dalvin cook, the production for Dalvin cook, that offensive line cannot hold the way that Kirk cousins needs it to hold on and, and produce down the field to Justin Jefferson. So if you're, if you're an imbalanced offense, um, you know, Justin Jefferson might be open down the field and he might be playing his arm up in the air, but Kirk cousins is going to be on his back or, getting the ball stripped from him. And so, you know, the way your quarterback plays, the strength of your court, the strength of your quarterback is his, uh, his arm ability to throw any pass that needs to be thrown and to, when given time, survey the field and find the guy. So that requires a running game as well. So I think that, you know, the, it's not going to be as, and I think O'Connell's even mentioned this, and I don't think it's a disguise to like, duplicate the Rams, but you probably aren't going to see as many three receiver sets. I mean, the Rams led the league in three receiver sets. I think that um, uh, O'Connell has a, a different fullback uh, talent there that he can use that I think he's legitimately excited about. I think that he has a maybe a mismatch at tight end that he thinks the Rams probably you know may not have had, and that's saying a lot with, you know, uh, that Irv Smith could bring, you know, something to him. So you're going to see a little different, but I still think that this is, you know, I don't, it's not going to say it's Dalvin Cook's offense, but Dalvin Cook to me is still, you know, the most important piece 
you know, besides the offensive line, I think, you know, and I guess you just say they're all important, but to me, it starts with the offensive line and then it, it's, it's Dalvin cook. And, you know, to just say Kirk's number one is, you know, I don't think it's fair because that's not who Kirk is. Kirk doesn't just grab the team by the throat and lead them no matter what he needs the offensive line to play extremely well. He needs Dalvin to be a force. And then he can, then Kirk can be at his absolute best. You know, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I think you need, I don't care, call the, the new NFL a, a passing game, which it is, but you still need a running game. You still need a, a, a threat there to make that passing game work. I think maybe perhaps one of the reasons why uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have got right up to it, but not never can get over the hump to get in the Super Bowl is because they ultimately do. They are kind of an unbalanced offense. They have a good running back in Aaron Jones and some of the guys, but they're not great. And they, they don't command the same attention as maybe a Dalvin Cook does as a home run hitter. So you, you, you need that threat to, and then you need the quarterback who can, you know, do some things and, 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 and complete those passes and find this guy. So maybe given the chance, maybe if there's, there is some balance and you, you take what the defense gives you and, and all the, and all these cliches and, and, you know, if, if you need a run here, you, you run, if you need a pass, you pass. I don't know. I, 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 I do. I think Zimmer was a little bit too much, focused on that old style of football you know run first crunch 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 and then we'll we'll open up the pass maybe you know balancing it out a little bit still using that running back is is the key for this team to maybe take it another step forward on offense well we also have to remember that um by saying dalvin cook could be a force it's not it's not this isn't adrian and uh like i mean adrian obviously great player hall of famer but uh, Adrian was one dimensional. He, we talked about uh, people, he and people talked and wrote about him becoming more of a pass receiver all the way up to the final game of his career, it seemed like. Uh, but he was not that threat. He was not that multi dimensional threat. Um, he was a throwback, great running back. Um, Dalvin can be more, be more involved in the offense and just screens. So I mm-hmm. think there's going to be that's going to create some situations where, you know, who's covering Dalvin and is he out wide? Is he in the slot? Is he coming out of the backfield? So when we talk about, you know, Dalvin's impact on the offense, it's not just running the ball. It's in fact, it's more of a, I'd say more leaning toward a Alvin uh, Camara type situation. Even I mean, Dalvin's always been a really good screen guy and, and very, uh, versatile but we could see a could see a next level of that with this this offense i think so that's to me nothing like it right and when you know when dalvin's uh everything's going well uh and nothing's you know bothering him or he's not playing through anything or wearing some harness or whatever uh he's as good as they get and he's not a bad blocker i mean he hasn't been asked to do a lot of it but i've seen him do a pretty decent job in in pass protection from time to time yeah, I mean, he does well enough. You know, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's not, you know, they're not going to be paying him to, to do that. But uh, right. but you have to have the threat of it. You've got to be able to fake it to him yeah. or have him pick up somebody. So, sure. Um, yeah. Um, well, okay, how about the defense? You know, I, you know, they say the defense reacts. You know, they're always a little bit ahead of the offense in training camp because they're just reacting to what they see, you know, and uh, – they're, they've got a whole – they've got new personnel, a new head coach, new regime back there, a new uh, – uh, whole new schemes. Um, How is it going to work for these guys? I mean, you got some of the guys who – I mean, Harrison Smith was the key, the cog for Mike Zimmer's defense. Is his role going to change? You've got Lewis Seen, who's going to uh, probably play back there, you know, somebody that – you know, maybe in Mike Zimmer, it might have taken him a while to get off the bench, but I think he's going to be starting as a rookie for these guys. I, I don't think – Mike Zimmer would I would have that thing. Well, I, I don't want to start rookies, and he didn't unless he was forced to. Um, so, you know, and then you've got Zadarius Smith and, and Daniil Hunter returning. I mean, it, there's there's a lot to like about this defense, but how long will it take them to to gel and and really pick up the new scheme and, and really excel with it? I know you can't. It's a crystal ball question, but that's what we're here for. Well, I think I think it. Um... It will take time, you know, it's going to, I mean, 
you can have all the OTAs and mini camp and even training camp that you want, even the preseason games, because the preseason games are no longer, uh, you know, nobody shows anything. It's a, it's very vanilla. It's uh, it's not. Uh, it's, it, a lot of guys might not even play. Like I mean, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius. I, I don't know. This is, this is a new regime. It's a new look. I mean, you look at uh, how the Bears with their new guy who's now been fired, uh, Matt Nagy. I mean, there. I went to a Hall of Fame game and, uh, you know, used to be kind of like, well, you know, so they'll play the first drive and then the starters will and then they'll be done. God, they didn't play anything. There wasn't one starter that played. And that's only been, you know, five, four or five years ago. Uh, so that's kind of the trend. Even though you have only have three games, you, you, they, there could be guys that don't play in the preseason. Uh, so I think it's, you know, and I, it's, it's good that they're, it's bad that they have week one against Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers and, a, and, a, and an established offense with a coach that's been around now four years, but it's good that they're at home. That helps because I think where, you know, they, if they play fast and they, uh, and they get to the, to the quarterback, you know, they got time to, to gel. They got time to like, um, come together and, and have Harrison Smith's role flesh out and the rookie to develop and the corners to, to develop. But if they don't have the pass rush, then they're sitting ducks. They're sitting back there. They're probably trying to figure out who's, who's doing what and still learning on the fly. And you don't have the time and the quarterback has time. Uh, you know, then, then it, then it becomes like, you're going to see a lot of holes in the defense. Like we're trying to figure out like, you know, when they're in zone, you know, who's got, a guy up to a certain point and then how does the next guy cover him and all these pieces fitting together. Um, it's hard to do when you don't have a pass rush, but if the pass rush is can come out of the gate strong, then, then it doesn't take as long. We, we do know that uh, we, we, we can 99% count on at least Zedarius Smith will be healthy for that first game anyway. And, and Ken Rush, uh, his buddy Aaron Rodgers. There's my first health mention. Um, but you, you look at the defense, though. You got Smith, Patrick Peterson, Kendricks, Daniel Hunter, and Smith. Those are the, some of the big guys in that thing. And they're all a little longer in the tooth. You know, I, I'm hoping that the Vikings have enough uh, youth to, to start get, get in there and get them some experience right away because this, you know, they, they might have patched up the defense, but the defense – didn't get marketedly younger either, you know? So, I mean, how do you think they'll do this year on defense? Well, you know, if healthy, um, I think they'll be better. You know, I, 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 everyone that you mentioned, yeah, might either either getting older or they're in that mid mid zone. But I think everyone you mentioned is capable of playing, still playing at the, at their peak. Uh, Maybe not Patrick Peterson, you know, but his peak was, Pretty darn good, yeah. um, but I think he has enough. He's a, enough of a professional. He's enough of a of a mental player. He's enough of um, taking care of himself and everything that he, you know. I don't. I don't look for him to play a hundred percent of the snaps. So I think what he brings is still good enough for this year. You know. So yeah, if if they should be better, they're on paper. They're they're better, um, but. Yeah, you know, they, they with a new with a new style uh, coming together. Uh, there's a lot of pieces that have to that have to really click in order for them to like just become like a top ten overnight. You know, you know, I, uh, this is maybe peeking into the next segment, but you know, a lot of people are saying that because of uh, new coaching staff and new schemes, it's going to take a little bit. Uh, for the Vikings to adjust. Uh, should we uh, should we be lowering our expectations, our excitement for this season because of that factor of the new head coach, new scheme, new coordinators? Is, is that a, is that that big a deal or you know maybe with 17 games you get a you get a gimme out of the gate, you know, and say, okay, all right, you know, and then you can still recover. So Joe, are you asking me if NFL play NFL fans should be patient and rational and <laughs> and look at the big picture. Yeah, because I've I've asked them to do I've asked them to do those kind of things in the past, and uh, it doesn't go over well. You know, they, they want it they want it now. Um, but so I, you know, I have games. Like, I know, but realistically, I have. I mean, I you know, to me, it's like uh, you know, everything's been you know, there's there's a lot to be excited about. You know, 
Um, even though I like Zimmer and I felt Zimmer, you know, now it's being looked at um, historically a little, I think it maybe one time when there's some time between that he'll be more appreciated in what he did for the defense and the reasons that his defense fell apart. Um, but in saying that it was time for a change. It, it, it just had reached its point. He didn't, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't get to a Super Bowl and he got a lot more time than you typically get, you know, Cleveland was changing court, you know, coaches every year while Zimmer was, he spent uh, eight years and Spielman together. So in saying that it, it is, it's, it's time to, to refresh, hit the refresh button, which they have. There's a lot to be excited about, but you know, my thing is if you're excited now, you know, if they, if they lose to the Packers, say they, they, you know, they get handled, they get handled by the Packers in week one. Uh, they go to Philadelphia. I think it's a prime time the next week or uh, second or third week. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, say they start 0-2. Let's, you know, don't, don't just like completely, you know, throw your arms up in the air and, oh, well, that was, you know, well, it's, you know too bad that didn't work out. Who's next? You know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's the NFL. You gotta, you gotta, you can, um, you know, certainly you can turn things around in one year. Um, but to me, it's like, it could be a process. It could take some time. It's not, you know, I mean, no, no turnaround takes five years anymore. So yeah, you, you don't give them five years or three years, you know, but you might want to give them the season to kind of get their bearings bottom and see, you know, what they have. Mark, what position, uh, positions depth concern you the most going into the season? I would say it's probably, the, you know, it's, it's the pass rush. It's the combination of the defensive line. I don't know that they have three, like, bona fide starters. Um, the pass rush behind uh, the, the two big guys, if, if, if Smith and Hunter, you know, they, they, even even when they're healthy, I think you need you need some more cycling in there. Can Do they have the, the, the ability to have more than two guys just rush the passer and, you know, what does that look like? You know, that, that would probably be my concern because I think if you don't have the pass rush, that defense, I don't care, you know, who you have in the back, how much experience you have in Smith and Peterson, you know, if they get exposed, it's not going to be good. Do you think it's uh, worthwhile picking up someone like Sheldon Richardson or is he going to cost more than they have to spend? Well, I, I've said all along that, uh, you know, I think they got $11 million. I don't know how that works. I don't know how much they need to go into a season to, you know, to patch that up if they have problems. But uh, yeah, I, I think he would be a, he's a guy that can fit uh, all along. He, he's got that ability, I think, to play up there um, and he would help them. And he's, and he's uh, when they were in the four or three, you know, one of the reasons that, um, you know, Daniil and uh, Everson were had those, had those years, you know, when, when Sheldon Richardson came in, and I remember sitting down and talking to Andre Patterson about it. It was like, you know, hey, watch, watch Sheldon here. You know, the reason that this guy comes free is because there's so much attention being paid to Sheldon. Yeah. The pocket gets pushed back a little bit, which makes the quarterback hesitate or, you know, adjust. And then the other guy, whammo. You know, there's, there's no stat that, that shows up for that. You know, uh, I don't even know if they would, it would be considered a pressure. The, the plays I looked at that he would show me. I don't know that that's even considered a pressure, but it's a presence that's in the middle there. And I think that, uh, yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a guy that uh, would, you know, assuming that everything's all right, that he's yeah. in shape and ready to play and he wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could help. Everson's still out there too, but he's probably, he's probably done. I would think. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably done. I think Everson needs would probably tell you that he needs to focus on himself yeah, uh, and make sure that everything's all right with him and his family. He had an outstanding career, but it's time to you know to take care of himself. And I think to bring him back, and if that were to happen again, would just be just to, you know look how hard it was on last year. I mean, yeah, it's sec it's secondary to what ha what happened to Everson, but that's another situation where you know you there's a you put uh, you put him in there, and he was going really well. And uh, then all of a sudden he, you know, he has to step away and that, that hurt the team. And, uh, but again, that's secondary to what he has to deal with, what he has to take care of. 
One more uh, quick random topic here. Uh, can we be bullish on this new offensive line and is right guard the biggest unknown going forward? Well, I mean, I think you, you can only be bullish on if, you know, the weakest link and the weakest link is until proven otherwise is the center. Um, so Garrett Bradbury right now to me is, is a, a liability in the middle. And, you know, I, I suppose that, they can do some things or whatever. If, if the right guard is better than what they've had in the past two or three years. Yeah. That, that makes it helps make, it helps gear Bradbury. Um, but to me, it's, I, I can't be bullish on him until I see some regular season games and see how the right guard plays, see where Garrett Bradbury is. And uh, cause guys are able to improve. It's like, you can't just take a snapshot of last year and, transfer it to this year and say, okay, Garrett Bradbury is going to be this. I think that's one, one way that we always miss on all these predictions every year. It's like you take too much of last year and you look at it. Okay. How does it fit into this year when it's a completely different, it, it could be a completely different situation. And then that's why you kind of miss. So, you know, to me, Bradbury is uh, stronger, more determined, uh, fits the scheme better, whatever than, that helps. And I think the right guard will be better, but I got to see it first. So uh, that, and that to me is the number one key. Everything feeds off of that, whether the offensive line is any good or not. And there it is the perfect segue to the next segment. Yeah, too much of predictions that fail or rely too much on what happened last year. And that's exactly what we're going to do in the next segment. So come on back to Vikings territory breakdown and check it out. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig and myself. Mark, all this chatter leads up to this point when we start with our fielders' predictions. Mark, in the last segment, said that all these predictors, they depend too much on what happened last year, and and then you look forward, and, you know, it's like it, it is all speculation. It's all crystal ball, and it's all fun. You know, I just and if you, if you all want, you can look up the show – uh, at the end of the season, say what the hell were you talking about? Because generally we're going to have it wrong. If not, and they do. Oh, they do, Joe. They do. Yes. <laughs> do they? Well, they haven't to me. So I'm, you know, Mark with his higher profile will will uh, he has to take that heat. But anyway, I you know we looked over some, you know how some of the experts are doing things, and I I saw stuff all all over the map online. I saw someone who said there's dark horse there in the in the NFC, not just in the NFC North. And it might have just been some guy on Twitter. I can't remember. But uh, the one that grabbed my attention recently was Colin Coward, Coward, or however you say his name, said the Vikings – Mark was talking about it earlier. He said half of the teams that make the playoffs one year don't make it the next. You know, and so you always got – you know, for the past 20 years, that's what's happened. You know, you got it, – when it was – eight teams or whatever making the playoffs, you know, there'd be four new ones on each conference or, or whatever every year. So, uh, and that, that's no different. So he's, he's thinking the Vikings are going to be one of those that will make that jump back into the playoffs. And he actually said uh, they're going to double their victory total, which would make them uh, with eight wins last year, become a 16 and one team. And I think uh, he caught a lot of heat for that because a little while later he came out and amended it to like a 13 or 14 win season, which in and of itself is, is a lot more than plenty of people out there. are saying. Well, who, who, who did he, who did he have them losing to? I, you know, if you're going to go 16, why, why not go one more? And, uh, maybe, first game, Mark against the Packers at home. That's right. And then run the table. Oh, uh, one. Everyone wants to fire uh, O'Connell. They're Owen one. Everyone wants to say they lose the first game and nothing. And everyone wants to fire O'Connell, so he comes out and he wins. He runs the table. He wins uh, 19 in a row. Gives you your trophy and shuts you up. Well, I wouldn't have to do this anymore and, and, and suffer through uh, firing questions to you, so that would just be great. Um, anyway, I, I, uh, I picked up where uh, Peter King, who said the Vikings are going to be 8-9, and uh, out of the playoffs, he says they come in as eighth in the NFC, which would, you know, since there's seven seven spots in each side. Reporting News had them at uh, 22nd and ninth in the NFC. So uh, have them missing the playoffs, whereas 
Colin Coward is is a freaking genius. So get used to it. Look for the you're gonna have to go to another Super Bowl. You know, maybe maybe with purple involved. So, what do you think of that? Uh, well, first of all, I need need you to back away from your microphone because you sound like you're you're flying into the side of a mountain there, Joe. Which I bet you maybe is fitting when you're talking about the Vikings and the predictions here. Oh um, my! Oh my! Ah, what about that? Um, no, I mean, I, Peter King is a, that's kind of that's how I feel. It's like a new regime. Um, it's going to take a year, you know, which is kind of unfortunate because you do have guys that are the you know toward the end of their career. And then can they, will they be like, will Harrison Smith be around for another year at his peak form? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Athlons, which I, uh, I wrote the Vikings preview for, and I believe all of our stuff had to be in in May. So I'm sure these predictions were made in May. Uh, they got them ninth in the uh, NFC. Uh, but you know, the, the teams that they have winning uh, the wild cards, Philadelphia, New Orleans, San Francisco. Now, see all I, those. I think the I think the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to be as good as they were last year. They got there's talent left. There's a uh, there's a certain complacency that's inevitable. It's and it's, and the it's, key to their coaching staff left, Mark. Yes, you know that now that Wes Phillips is not there and KOC is not there. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm just saying, I think they take a step back. But them taking a step back probably means they're second in the in the West and maybe. Um, San Francisco steps up to number one, but all three of those teams that, that they have, you know, ranked ahead of the Vikings at, uh, so they have Philadelphia seventh. Um, well, they have Arizona eighth. That's kind of weird. Uh, but our new Orleans is six, Philadelphia seven. My goodness. Um, with Jameis Winston. So, we have, so, so what I'm saying is that if you're, if you're, if you're a big Kirk cousins believer and you feel like he's going to finally put some wins behind his stats, um, they certainly can can you know, leapfrog a Philadelphia, a New Orleans, a San Francisco if Trey Lance is starting. You know he's the first year starter. I I don't know how that's going to shake out if Garoppolo is going to stick around another year. I, I, I have no idea. But I'm saying that you know they are right in the mix for numbers for the seventh spot. I think. Um, I just I'm going more with, with the Peter King. Uh, I, I didn't wasn't aware that he had him eight and nine. I, I said eight and nine when we started this yeah. off season thing, and my you know it's not a knock against them. I think they have the talent to win, you know, eleven games. Um, I think if everything goes well, which in the NFL it just never always goes all well, you know. Um, so I, I got to you know I got to kind of temper it, especially with the first year and and put them at eight and nine and have them finish like eighth or. I'd say eighth, you know, they're right sort of like where they've been the last two years. They've just, you know, they've had two years where, you know, Zimmer, if Zimmer crawls into that seventh, that new seventh spot, the last been two years, right. The last right. two years, yep. Yep. Um, he, he's maybe here, you know? So, um, you know, to me, you know, that was an opportunity that Zimmer missed on. It's now an opportunity for a first year staff to latch on to, to make this, you know, say they go nine and eight and they, you know, what just one game is, is flipped from what I'm thinking, then that puts them in contention for that, uh, that seventh spot. And then suddenly it's a different perception of the first year. Uh, totally uh, different. Uh, especially when people are, not, are kind of a, what have you done for me? Like yesterday or like right now, tomorrow, uh, it, it helps them. So they're right there. certainly right there in the mix. I like their quarterback. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, Sometimes I'm, you know, I kind of goes, if Kirk's up here, I'm more up here with Kirk. And if he's down here, you know, there's some people that are, you know, sort of like the country, Joe. It's like you are with Kirk no matter what, or you're against Kirk no matter what. You, there's just no middle ground. But to me, I I like him compared to a Jameis Winston. I like him compared to Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't going to be able to play like he plays forever, you know, so – can he keep playing that way? So, yeah, I, I like their chances, but I, I'm still going to kind of say, hey, you know, this is going to be a year where they kind of get their feet back on the ground. There's a lot of people I saw up there were uh, uh, high on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and I'm just not seeing it yet. And, and anybody to put uh, 
a Jameis Winston led New Orleans Saints into the sixth spot. That's that's a head scratcher for me. So I'm not I'm not on on line with that. I said at the when we made our predictions early on in this, I you said eight nine. I said I said they'll win ten games, ten and seven, and they will sneak into one of those playoff spots. You know, if if not in a wild card, uh, maybe they'll surprise in the NFC and grab that that title away from the Packers because the Packers aren't. You know, they might be good, but they're not uh, rock solid perfect either. So um, I, the way I see the Vikings is I think they're, after this trajectory that was heading down in the past couple years, I think on paper there is a, a stopgap has been made and they are starting at least a little bit ascending again. And after this year, if, if they do well, I mean, and they, you know, or if they don't make the playoffs, maybe they get a good uh, draft choice and then they can start filling in the spots where they're missing. You know, I, I, I think they still have a pretty decent window. They have got some players that are getting up there that are really, that are really in a big positions on their team. But I think uh, what I've seen from the uh, Quasi and the staff so far, I think they've done a good job of turning things around and maybe next year they can, tweak the offensive line a little bit more where you're talking about get a center in there that uh, can really do the job. And um, if, if in fact it's not good enough this year, I mean, you're going to lose Patrick Peterson at some point, you're going to lose Harrison Smith. Um, hopefully you aren't losing those two uh, edge rushers to, to injury. There, there's the second mention, but uh, I, I think 10 and seven, and I think this team is back to a, an ascending trajectory. And so I'm excited about it, but then, you know, I'm from here, and I, I have scar tissue that allows me to do that. Yeah, I mean uh, the the difference between eight and nine and ten and seven, or you know, it's a fumble here, it's a missed field goal or a made field goal there. So no, I I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they won ten games. You know, you also got to factor in New Orleans you know, being put ahead of them. New Orleans is starting over as a coaching staff too. It's right. so exactly, um, and I think some of the Jameis Winston talk is like maybe how he played before he got hurt last year. Uh, with that Sean Payton. And so yeah. now you got a different a different direction in New Orleans, which is going to be weird to watch New, you know, New Orleans being not Sean Payton anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there. Do you see any other teams jumping up that, uh, that you know, maybe have in the past of the New York Giants ready to, to make it back to the playoffs? Or is, uh, 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 you know – the new Falcons with, with their new quarterback, you know, are, are you know, they, they finally get rid of Matt Ryan and who do they got? Do they have Marcus Mariota? Is that who's, who's, who's running? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really excited about that one, Joe. Yeah. It doesn't excite me too much. Uh, but, you know, I guess, I guess the one that doesn't get respect, at least in this publication is Arizona. You know, they got them falling back again. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I'd like yeah. the Arizona, I, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think Seattle does anything because they're, they're done. Um, Detroit's not ready. Chicago's not ready. Um, Atlanta, Carolina, I, who knows? Yeah. I don't see it. Baker Mayfield, but maybe, um, Washington's inter interesting, but yeah, there's, I mean, they're right there, in, which, you know, and the NFL is joking because the NFL, I said, the NFL won't be happy until a coach makes the playoff. I mean, when it comes to like watering down the watering down, just the, 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 the beauty of the NFL is it's the parody and the, the absolute, like everyone's kind of the same, but occasionally you, you know, you have a, a, a little dynasty like the Patriots, but everyone else is kind of like stays in the middle and they can just win it. You know, they, they can, they can win 42, nothing one week and lose zero 42, nothing the next week. Um, you know, to me, the Vikings are, are right there with those, those teams in the middle that, um, are going to be there. But I, I said like the NFL, I was trying to remember what the hell I was talking about. Uh, but no, the NFL wouldn't be happy until a, a coach makes the playoffs and gets fired like on Wednesday before the playoff game. And then they have to play the playoff game because, you know, it's not just making the playoffs anymore is like, is, um, and I, I've, I've said this forever. It's um, you don't have to be great in the NFL to win a Super Bowl. You don't, you, it helps to be have a great quarterback and be great players, but you know the New York Giants beat one of the greatest dynasties ever twice to win two Super Bowls, and they were not a great team. Not they were not oh, they led did. by 
Yeah. They were not led by a great quarterback. They were not a great team, and they did not have great seasons. You know, they had average seasons, got hot at the right time, uh, had the defense that just made Brady feel uncomfortable, and they won two Super Bowls. So, you know, that's to me. You know, I remember talk. Um, it was before the first the first Super Bowl that they won. I was doing some like a like a locker room clean out day with the Vikings and talking to. Darren Sharper, back when Darren Sharper was a, a lovable figure, and uh, you know, saying, "Hey, look at this list. Who would you pick of these playoff teams? You know, who's the who's the dark horse uh, that, that could maybe do something?" And I remember him looking and pointing at the Giants. He said, "Because I think they had beaten the Giants. They, they always had Eli's number and had beaten them that year, I believe." Yeah. And he said, "Well, I know one team is not going to win it. It's that one right there. They, those guys don't even belong in the playoffs." And it was like the New York Giants. They won the Super Bowl that year. So, uh, you know, so, so, so to me, you sneak in um, sixth, seventh, it's, it can be a fun time. It's not like, oh, you know, now our draft pick is lower. It's you know, like the Vikings in 1987. I watched them from afar. They were the, they were a great story. It was just like, you know, they, they beat uh, – they came in as the – it was the uh, – a strike year, so they only had 15 games, and and they lost uh, all yeah. those strike games. Right. You had your replacement games, and they were they were the worst team in the league in the replacement games. So they had the low seed. Came in, they beat uh, uh, New Orleans, San Francisco. Right, so they beat uh, the three seed. They beat the one seed in the in the 49ers, and then they the went great to 49ers team, and then they almost beat I think the two seed in Washington, and you know. And came within one play of, of that. Uh, speaking of scar tissue, that's oh, another. Thanks. Uh, so that you know, is it a drop or uh, so? Yeah, it should have been caught. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you, you're right. It, you know, get a chip in a chair. You know, get get in get in the postseason, and and you, you probably figure that's what for a while. That's what Zim was hanging on to. Maybe if I get in and you know can make a run, but uh, that was just not in the cards. It uh, you know. Uh, so here we are this year with uh, hoping to see an, uh, an improved squad. And, you know, like I was saying next week, the Vikings are going down to TCO uh, to start training camp. Unfortunately, they're not going to Mankato where they could go to Mankato Brewery and have a beer. Yes. But uh, uh, I miss Mankato. Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't? Um, um, you know, it's it uh, it'll be. It'll it, it'll be fascinating on so many levels because there's so much new to to look at to to say you know how are they doing this and you know we talk we 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 refer back to Zim a lot just because you know for eight years he's he was the guy and he he you know was was a huge deal around here you know so uh, now we get to compare that to what's happening next and and that's what you and I are going to do in the coming weeks and starting next week with you you'll be you'll be out at uh, you'll be out at TCO. Yes, and it'll be uh, not a lot of shade at TCO. They don't have the old lifts anymore with the cameras, so I used to stand under that shade. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I will be out there. Uh, you know, any anything you're looking for in particular, or are you just going out to see what's what? Well, I mean, you don't really – they just don't do a whole lot anymore. I mean, it's, yeah. it's these guys are so valuable that you don't – they don't really – you know, they, I certainly they don't – hit like they used to. They don't go two a days like they used to. Uh, I can remember what, you know, what going up when I was in uh, the Browns uh, practice uh, at a college, a junior uh, a local college that was a mile, like two miles from my house. And we'd go up there and watching, uh, you know, in the Marty Schottenheimer days or of San Martigliano days, uh, not and probably Marty, but, but they had, yeah, they had the, you know, the nutcracker, you know, they, you know, here's two NFL players, uh, laying on their back and they get up and, and the running back is coming and, you know, there's full tackling and, um, you know, offense, defense and a running back. Like you did in high school, like, like yep. high school kids are probably still doing. Yep. And then it got to the point where it's like, they, they don't do that for, for obvious reasons. And it got to weird. Now you're like uh, anybody that played high school football, at least, I don't know what they, if they do it anymore, then maybe they're still not, maybe they've reached the point where they're not hitting much in high school football, but you're like, Geez, I remember I pre my practice was harder than what these guys go through. But I, I, I'm guessing that Daniil Hunter's workout in Houston before he gets to camp was a little more strenuous than, than what any of us did. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that was one of my first impressions when I started 
covering the Vikings at training camp. And, you know, well, I grew up in Mankato, so I went to watch a lot of them there. But you'd look, and when I started covering them, I was like, man, there's just nothing. I mean, we we were we would do two days, and we were dead from some of the stuff we were doing. And these guys just uh, – they have their moments, but there's, there's it's just not the way – we experience yeah. nice. but but I guess I guess if I am watching it, you know, because there you know there has to, there is contact on the line. There has to be con- when they get in right. pads. That's all they get to um, do. So, so I will, you know, I'll be looking at kind of it at uh, the right guard and just getting a feel for you know how does he look. Um, you still feel Jesse Davis is the guy? Yeah, I mean he's the most experienced, and he's it's his job to lose. I feel. Yeah, but you you have that rookie, you know, second round pick there. If he comes out and he's Lights. I mean, I, those are the guys I'll be looking at. It's like not just Jesse Davis, but um, you know, the kid from LSU, whatever his name is. Um, I, I don't. I don't like to say rookies' names, Joe, because uh, I want him to earn my respect. There you go. And also, and also I forget him. So, um, but yeah, you're looking at him, and uh, you know, looking at Bradbury. Even though Bradbury's now a veteran, it's like you know, there's a lot of pressure on that guy. How's he? How's he going to answer? How's How's he going to answer? Next week after Mark gets a taste, maybe we'll put him on the line to, to uh, tell us who his Mr. Mankato is for the for the season. Yeah, M- Mr. Uh, Mr. Egan now, right? Yeah, no, no, it's still Mr. Mankato. Can't you know, if, the, if this team really wanted the kumbaya and everything, they'd go down to Mankato, at least for a couple nights, let the reporters go down there on their expense accounts and, and have like, you know, I, hey – I don't think I could do three weeks anymore at my age, but I could do a couple nights. You know, I could, yep. I could maybe stay up till nine, nine thirty. Uh, Scott's done. Few- he loved going to the Mankato Brewery. He loved their beer. So it's part That's of right. their rotation. Well, anyway, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check out for this week and, and uh, I'll be back next week with uh, plenty more to talk about. Uh, Mark, thanks a lot. And we'll be looking forward to your reports from, from Egan and Mike Walden beside the scenes. Thank you, sir. And uh, Joe Johnson up in heaven. Joe, another season heading your way. So I, I know you already know how it's going to come out. So maybe you'll, uh, you'll let us know. Anyway, skull brother, skull to y'all, and we'll see you next week.